0: You're building something new this year on the homestead, but you want to include your kids. How do you build on the homestead with kids? That's what we're going to be talking about today in this episode. I'm going to be giving you a few tips on how to include them, a few tips about safety, and more let's get growing. Hello and welcome to the Pray Just Plant podcast, the show that talks about growing, growing a garden, a homestead, a healthy family, and most importantly, growing closer to God. I'm your host, Crystal Media, owner of the Red Ridge Farm Homestead, where our mission is to help women of faith find the courage to grow healthy food for their family while building a closer relationship with our Lord and Savior. That's you. Don't let the world hold you back. Pray, just plant. Welcome to the Prey Plant Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Media, and today in this episode, season eight, episode four, we're gonna be talking about building projects on the homestead with our kids, how we can get them excited about building, how we can involve them when we build in on our projects, and so much more. Part of the reason we started a Homestead was to give our kids the homestead life, right? To teach them responsibility, to teach them how to use their hands. We need to include them when we build something too. Now, I do have a disclaimer here that I do want to mention before we really get into all the tips and things that if you do decide to bring your kids along with a project, be understanding that that project is going to take longer, It's going to take longer to do. You're going to be taking time to include them. Kids don't do things as fast as you do, especially when you're learning. Also, if you're learning along with your kids, it's going to take more time. Don't get down on yourself because a project is taking too long or taking longer than you thought because One of the biggest things when it comes to including kids and teaching kids is not losing our patience. We need to be patient. And if we add that extra stress on our kids, on ourselves, that we add a timeline to a project, it's only gonna add stress and it's not gonna be fun. This one part of building with our kids and including kids on the homestead is fun. Now, is everything going to be what we want to do? No, but we can create fun in it especially when we don't add added stress. So now that that disclaimer is out of the way, let's dive into talking about how we can help and how we can build with kids on the homestead. The very first thing is we're going to need to teach them. Like I said before, it's gonna take longer when we're teaching something. We're going to need to have time to do that. So how can we teach them? We can teach them by involving them in what we're doing one part of teaching them is going to be safety. We're going to need to make sure that we are wearing the safe goggles that we are asking our kids to be wearing. We're going to be wearing the gloves that we're asking our kids to be wearing. We also need to take time to tell them about the tools. We need to show them this is what a saw is. This is a rot- rotary saw. This is a hand saw. This is a jigsaw. This is all the different kinds of saws and maybe you'll be learning this right along with your kids. One great way to do this is with books. When you're learning something and your kids are learning something, look at books. Books are a great way to take the teaching out of your hands and put it in someone else's, but still in your hands. And I guess it'd be easier to say is the way I homeschool is yes, I am the teacher, but technically I am the guide. I am the guide who gives my child the right book. And a few weeks ago, I shared with you the best books for building. Go check out that episode. I'll put the link in the description below and in the show notes. But books are an amazing way to teach our kids because one thing books do is they take it down to the very simplest level. In a lot of the books that I shared in that episode, they have CAD drawings which are very explicit. If you go and find construction books at the library, it's going to show you where you place your hands, what you do with the saw, what you, how you hold the screwdriver, all of those things. And That is a great way to teach kids. If you're trying to figure out how to show them, have the book show them, or you read the book and then you show them. That's another part about teaching, especially with building, this is gonna be very hands-on. So maybe you need to teach them how to some screws on something that's not even part of the project. Maybe you need to have just a couple of spare boards before you really get them using screws to screw this project together. Show them how to use screws on this other board and let them waste five screws and then take them all out and then put them back in. That'll help them get comfortable and even yourself if maybe this is something you need to learn how to do. I know I did this. Getting comfortable with that screw gun, holding it, how to hold the screw and the screw gun and push the button. I've been teaching my kids to drive here in the past. Um, My oldest is now 18. My middle child is just now starting to drive. And I found that the biggest thing that we're doing as parents is teaching them how to multitask, teaching them how to watch the road and watch the side of the road and watch behind them and turn the blinker on, all those things at the same time time. And that's what building is too. We need to teach ourselves how to hold the screw while we're running the screw gun or how to hold the hammer and hold the nail at the same time and function. How to read plans. There's lots of books out there. There's YouTube videos that will really walk you through the really simple steps. And maybe that's something that you can do together as a family is to go through some of those videos before you start a project. But always practice anything you're going to do. If you're going to be doing a bunch of hand sawing, practice on some boards that it doesn't matter if you go cricket. If you're going to be using the table saw for the first time, cut up some things that it doesn't matter how awful they look before you start the project. Now I want to talk to you more about teaching our kids and even failing with our kids but I'm going to do that in just a moment because right now it's time for the tips and tricks where I share a few tips and tricks that I use here at Red Ridge Farm Homestead. This week's tip is brought to you by the Building Soil Health Handbook. This handbook was designed to help you take the guessing out of improving your soil, to help you become the expert your soil has been waiting for you to be. Many of us think that we're gardeners of vegetables and gardeners of fruits, but we're not. We are stewards of the soil. In this handbook, I walk you through the four steps I've used here at the farm to improve my soil. I want to help you become the expert that you never realized you could be. To grab your free copy, go to redridgefarm.org resources. Now this week's tip and trick is not so much a trick, but more of a tip. Right now, you need to be getting ready for winter. Yes, winter is just around the corner. So right now, it's time to get those things done, to get your hoses gathered up and put away in the shed, to get your barns ready for your animals this winter, to keep them warm and cozy. It's time to get that garden put to bed. It's time to plant those cover crops. It's time to cover your soil. It is time to maybe plant your garlic. It's time to fertilize your spring bulbs for next year. Fall is Full of projects. You're going to have building projects. You're going to have so many things, but you need to remember to get ready for the next season too, because winter can be hard and it can be stressful if you're not ready for it. Back to building with our kids. When we teach, we also need to teach them that failing is going to be okay. You have to be ready to mess up also with kids because that's part of teaching is coming back from our failures, right? We're going to mess up. Is it going to matter that one of the chicken boxes is just a little bit smaller than the rest of them? No, it's not. Truly, it's not. And you can learn from that mistake and you can move forward. Work hand in hand with your kids and you will be able to overcome those failures. One of the biggest things that one of my sons really struggled with was perfection. He felt that everything needed to be perfect. And when you get into those hands-on tools or art or things that are a little harder than just pushing a button or reading it, you're going to have mistakes. And you can learn from them and you can be okay with them and it doesn't have to be perfect. So what if you're painting and the son accidentally, you know, gets his pants painted or mistakenly something was supposed to be blue and he painted it white. Guess what? You can paint blue over white. It's not that big a deal. So just be willing to teach, be willing to learn with them, and be willing to accept mistakes because they're going to happen, especially when you're dealing with kids, especially when you are a new builder. The next part is give your child a job and make sure the job is something that they are age appropriate. So my youngest son, maybe when we're doing a project here, just an example. Um, A few years ago, we built a turkey house together just the, the, myself and my three boys. My husband was at work. We decided we could do it. We'd we done several other projects with my husband. The kids were getting very confident with using the screw gun and using the saw without my husband being there. So we decided to build this turkey house. I played to my kids' strengths. My oldest son was very good at running the saw and running the screw gun He got to do that job. My middle son was very good at making the plan and making sure everything was lined up. He got that job. My youngest son, who hadn't done much building, was the one who helped me measure and helped me write the line on there so that my other son could cut it. And then he helped hold things in place. Well, my other son screwed it in and I was just a helper. So I did some of the things that they wanted me to do, which were read the plans and discuss about the idea and just hold things in place. But give your child a job, something that they can do. And If they haven't learned how to run a saw yet, give them a job like, okay, you're going to hold the end of this board while I run the saw, and you're going to watch me. Then eventually, as they get comfortable with you being there and being in front of the saw, if they're age appropriate, then have them run the saw. Then if they are really little, maybe you could be, they could be the ones who are picking up all the scraps and, and handing screws to dad or handing the screw fell down while dad was on the ladder and then they go get it and they're the one holding the screw box. A job doesn't have to actually be part of the building. It can just be a job that's part of the project. Someone could go and unload the truck and pull all the boards over that need to be used for the project. Or they can be the one who writes down the list that we need to go to go shop for the supplies. Or every part of a build, every little piece can be broken apart to be given a job to one of your children. They can learn right along with you. And If the job might seem a little hard, do it with them. Be right there alongside them. Maybe they're holding the wood for the saw and then you're running the saw. And then you bring them over and you and them have the hand on the saw at the same time and run it together. But you're going to need to take time. You're going to need to pay patience and you're going to need to go slow, especially when it comes to these power tools. You need to be safe. And we're going to talk about being dangerous carefully in just a moment, but right now it's time for the Growing With God segment of this episode, where you and I dive into the Bible and learn more about this relationship we have with our Lord and Savior. This week, I'm reading Philippians four. If you would like to read along with me, I'm reading from the NIV translation. Whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, adm- admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, think about such things. I think I included this verse here today in this fall season, especially in this episode with building with our kids, because we need to sometimes focus on the good things. And we need to let go of the bad. If we're in a building project with our kids, we need to say, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. We need to focus on the noble, the true, the right, the pure, the lovely in our speech, in our conversations, in our teaching methods. Because failures are one, they're going to happen, especially with building, but also just in everyday life. We need to see the good side of our kids. They need to be shown that they do have good parts. When we as teachers and parents only focus on what they just did wrong and not what they did right in the process of doing wrong, we only are feeding one side of our child. We're only feeding one side of our soul. And when we talk about God, we talk about these things and Him asking us to only focus on these types of things. We need to think about also what in our life are not pure. What in our life is not right and just and admirable and excellent? Are we watching movies about cheating wives? Are we watching, reading books about crime and murder? Are we always just watching the news constantly and keeping those sad and tragic and worrisome things always in front of mind? Or are we finding time in our day to focus on the true? Are we reading the Bible? Are we teaching our kids and reading kids stories about being noble and right and pure? Are we talking about how admirable people in the past were and the things, some actions that they did? Are we watching and involving ourselves in our free time in admirable and excellent and praiseworthy things? One of the great inventions or great wonders of our current world is the information that we can get so easily or the entertainment that we can get so readily to our eyeballs, to our ears. It's easy to listen to this podcast or listen to this book or so easy to be involved in so much of this entertainment that many of the lovely, true, noble, right, pure, admirable things get forgotten because they are things that need to be present in this world. I was sitting visiting with an elderly neighbor, the other day, I go over and help her with her horses. I go over and help her. I take her grocery shopping, those kind of things. But we were talking about how the way socialization has changed. And she asked me, Why do you think that is? Why do you think all the dances we used to go to and all the quilting circles and all of the community things have kind of just slowly disappeared? Why do you think that is? And I said, I think it's because a lot of the times people went to those for entertainment. They went to go talk to other people, right? They went to go see their neighbor that lives 10 miles away than they haven't seen in three months. They went to go spend time with other people, to go listen to music, to go be entertained and have a wholesome entertainment. And one of the things that I think that has really slowed that down, that community, that coming together has been TV, has been cell phones, has been all of this knowledge that we love today, all of these inventions that we love today are sadly tearing our world and our community apart. If I want to hear an exciting story or be entertained, all I have to do is walk into my living room and push a button. Back in the day, I wanted to talk to somebody, I had to get on my horse or get in a car and go over to Sunday supper and have Sunday supper together and have a pure and lovely talk with someone in person. Now we have the phone. Now we have text messages. Hi, mom. How are you today? What happened to us as a society loving to be with other people? Those are the true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy things That our society is lacking. We're so easy to jump into another story of someone else's life that may not be so lovely and pure, but guess what? It's entertainment and we jump into it. And it's so easy, isn't it? So easy to pick that show to watch. It's so easy to read that book or listen to that podcast that may not be pure, that may not be lovely. And one of the biggest things I focus on in my homeschool is to include the lovely, to share the good and the beautiful with my kids. Just be thinking about this week, how you can start spending some little bit of time with the true and the noble and the right. And maybe that's with other people. Maybe that's having a Sunday supper, inviting your family over and having some real physical, visual connections with your family. Or maybe that's changing the book you're reading to something that maybe doesn't give you nightmares into something that gives you hope or changing what you're watching to something that doesn't give you horrible and regret and worry and stress to something that is praiseworthy, the something that is excellent, the something that lifts your heart into the Lord. And if you don't really know where to start, start with reading your Bible. It is the most true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy book on earth. Or just spend some time with God. He's all those things. So I'm going to read this verse one more time. Whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. Think about such things. Philippians 4, 8. So back to building with our kids. Building and a lot of the things on the homestead can be dangerous. Isn't life dangerous? I mean, Getting out in life, driving a car can be dangerous. Riding an airplane can be dangerous. Walking down the road can be dangerous. Life is dangerous. But running a saw can be more dangerous. It can cut off a thumb. It can hurt you. Running a screwdriver, a hammer can bruise your thumb. And I know this year, I mean, I smashed my thumb pretty good just building a fence. And I wasn't even using a hammer. I was just moving a post into the right spot. So building can be dangerous dangerous. But I think the biggest thing is parents, the biggest thing is growers, the biggest thing is homesteaders is that we have to be dangerous carefully. When we're moving the bull, think a bit ahead of time and have the infrastructure ready. Have everything. We know the bull is going to act this way. We know he's going to be aggressive. Bulls are just usually aggressive. Think ahead of how you can be calm while working him. Do all of the things that we can do to be calm and have that ready for when you're moving that bowl. But the same comes with building with our kids. There are going to be dangerous things that our kids are going to do. And truly, life is dangerous and there's gonna be things that our kids are gonna do dangerous without us there. Because they want to try. They're going to want to try to maybe run that saw or they're going to want to climb that tree. And it's our job to teach our kids how to do dangerous things carefully. I know maybe that's not something you want to be hearing right now that yes, you need to be teaching your son how to run a saw or yes, you need to be teaching your children dangerous things, but in dangerous things, There can be careful ways to do this. This is where you can be teaching them about safety. This is how you can be telling them, if you're gonna be climbing that tree, tell someone or have someone on the ground so that if something happens, they can run for help. That was one of the big things when I was growing up. We We went and played and we just did things on our own. We were told to go outside and play, we did. That's what's great about living on a farm or a homestead or a ranch. The world can be our entertainment. But in that, we also need to be thinking safely. We need to be teaching our kids how to do dangerous things carefully, how to think ahead and be like, okay, well, I'm going to run this saw. But before I do that, I need to put on my safety glasses. I need to put on my gloves. I need to make sure there's no distractions. I got to take out my earbuds. I've got to put my phone far away from me. I've got to do all these things so that I can run this saw. That is how we teach our children to do dangerous things carefully. There's so many things out there that are just life that are dangerous. And when we teach our kids how to do them carefully, we we give them a tool in their life that is priceless. The last thing I suggest is that you let them free to build. If they want to build a tree house, let them. If they want to build their own chicken nests, let them. But you need to first, of course, teach them how to be dangerous carefully, teach them how to do something, and tell them if they're wanting to build a tree house and You say, okay, that's a great idea, but guess what? You're going to have to run the saw. You're going to have to do this and you're going to have to do this. And I haven't taught you how to do that. Let's make a plan to do that. I want to teach you how to do these things so that you can do what you want to do. It's okay to let our kids build. It's okay to let them mess up. It's okay to let them build a crooked box. It's okay. And if you want them to just use only certain tools, tell them, yes, you can build that Treehouse, but I don't want you using the sauce you have to use wood that's already the right size or I will come cut it for you if you really need it cut and but here's the hammer here's some nails go build to your health heart's content these are the things that you can use it's okay to let them go out there and build because you will be amazed at some of the things that they will have ideas for and another thing that this is going to do is it's going to free them up from rigidness. It's going to show them that, yes, there's a plan in this book how to build a box, but if you have a better idea of how to do it, then do it. It's okay to have ideas. It's okay to do things differently. Yes, maybe this book is asking you to to use a drill gun with Screws, but guess what? You don't know how to use those yet. Figure it out with the nail and hammer. Those are just some tools and some things that will make our children learners in life. And to be a lifelong learner, it's amazing because if you want to learn how to crochet, you can. If you want to learn how to preserve food, you can because you don't feel the restrictions that you can't. You don't see other people doing it and say, oh, I could never do that. In actuality, you can. A person who stops learning is dead. I think is, is Confucius says that. To be young through life, one needs to keep learning. So you can be 80 years old and still be young when you're still learning. That, that's the quote. To be young in life, continue to learn, right? If we stop learning and we get, we get set in our ways, we are essentially old. So that's a little off topic, but it's an important lesson that our children should learn. Maybe it was an important lesson you needed to learn that, yes, you can learn new things. And the easiest way to do that is to be free, to take off the restrictions of plans, but to just build for the fun of building. So I want to thank you for joining me today in this episode of the Pray Just Plant podcast. I hope you enjoy building some amazing projects with your kids. If you'd like to share them with me, go ahead and go to my website to the show notes and leave a comment. I'd love to see some of the builds that your kids build and be ready to be dangerous carefully. I know that's contradictory, but it's true. And if this is your first time, I want to welcome you to the Red Ridge Farm Fellowship of Fellow Growers, where we build a community to help you grow. To help you grow a garden, a homestead, a healthy family, and closer to our Lord and Savior. And as always, don't let the world hold you back. Pray, just plant.